you seated. Our next song is number 874. 874. Jesus is Lord. Jesus is Lord, my Redeemer, how he loves me, how I love him. He is risen, he is coming, Lord, come quickly, Precious is he, he that cometh. I will love him, I will serve him. Comes with shouts of glory, I will join him. But he owns me, me the sinner. Praise our Jesus. song is on the overhead only it's feel the nails or some may know it as Kenny still feel the nails
Let's pray at this time. Our gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you for this another time to gather together. Father, to be encouraged by the songs that we sing and the lessons we hear. And for the prayers, Father, that you allow us to, to present to you. And we pray, Father, that we will have the passion that we need to, to serve you and have the will to avoid sin as much as we can so that we don't hurt the lamb, Father. And we're so thankful for that lamb that was slain for us, Father, for the forgiveness we have upon calling upon your name. And Father, for Jesus and his life, his death, his resurrection, for all that we have through him, all that you bless us with. Father, for the congregation here, for every member here, for all the young, old alike, Father, for those who attend regularly and those who aren't able to, Father, we just pray your blessings to continue to be upon each of us as we strive to work together. Father, we pray your blessings on the upcoming activities that we do have planned for all those who will be involved in those activities, that you will bless them, that things can be said and done that will help encourage those in our area to, to join us, Father, and become sons, <coughs> sons and daughters of you and brothers and sisters with us. Father, for the hometown fair, we ask your blessings on those who work with it. Father, for the, those who are going to go to Peru, that you'll bless them. Those who are already in Peru, that you'll continue to bless them in their mission work. <coughs> Father, for the missionaries that we have otherwise, Father, for Mr. Galloway and Mr. Rockpanudo and, and those, Father, that we help support, Father, we ask your blessings upon them at this time. Father, for the addiction seminar, we ask your blessings on the gentlemen that will present that. And, and those, again, who attend will be encouraged by that and to either overcome the addiction or to be able to help others who, who have that. Father, we just pray your blessings upon those of us, those around us, Father, that have those issues and that you will bless them to be able to come out of those situations uh, and not be addicted anymore. Help us, Father, if we're going to be addicted to something, to be addicted to you and your son. And, and Father, sometimes that's easier said than done, but we do pray that you will give us that passion that was talked about this morning. Father, we do also pray for the many that are hurting within our congregation. And Father, those who have been here before that have lost their, their parents, we pray for Steve Smith, who ministered here for many years, for that you continue to bless him at the loss of his mother. And, and Father, for the encouragement she was to him and to us. And, and Father, for others that have lost their loved ones recently uh, within the congregation. Father, we thank you for all those who teach and preach and, and spread your word, Father. We pray that you'll always be encouraged to do that and, and never fail in, in that work. Father, just continue to bless us tonight. Help us, Father, as we continue to sing these songs and as we listen to our, the, the words of Brother Chris. And Father, also be with the things that are going on with the new uh, Christian Academy, Father, that you will bless it and all those working with it as they undertake a major major project, Father, to help evangelize in the area of our tri-state. Forgive us, Father, of our sins. Forgive us when we do, do fail you and, and make those mistakes that, that hurt you and your son. Help us and all. Do everything, if it be your will, Father, to, to help us and, and encourage us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. <clears throat> Romans 8 is a scripture reading. Romans 8, verses 26 through 28. It says, Likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities. For we know not what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit itself maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. 
And he that searcheth the hearts knoweth what is the mind of the Spirit, because he maketh intercession for the saints according to the will of God. And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose. If you would, let's stand again, and we'll sing our next song, number 523, Our God, He is Alive, 523. song of invitation is what the Lord has done in me. Good evening. Clean, grab your eight. Uh, we're talking through a series called Twisted Scriptures. And so we're we're looking at some some passages that uh, have been abused and misused, uh, that have um, been co-opted uh, by, uh, by some folks in the world uh, to say things that they don't say, that they don't mean in Scripture. And so this is an important topic. I think it's, a, I think it's a, something that we need to uh, focus on from time to time because we want to read Scripture right. Um, Paul talks about dividing the word of truth rightly that's 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 our goal as we look towards the bible for 
for answers and for how to live, for inspiration, for encouragement. We want to read this document rightly. And so we have to come to it prepared to do so. So one of those, uh, one of the things that this, this series is hopeful uh, to encourage us to do is to, to get to that preparation. So tonight so we're in Romans chapter 8. We're looking at verse 28 specifically. Romans chapter 8, verse 28. We're going to back up to verse 1 in a second, but read through verse 28 with me very quickly. He says, and we know that for those who love God, that's, that's us, right? All things work together for good. What an encouraging statement. For those who are called according to his purpose. That, that's us, right? That's, that's the church. And so here, most people see a clear statement of facts. If you love God and you're called according to his purpose, if you're a Christian, if you're a baptized believer then God somehow makes all things work together for you. And it would include the bad things that happen, right? So uh, poverty and uh, natural disasters and things like that. He, he somehow twists those things to make them a positive for those who love him and are called according to his purposes. Um, like he's going to bless us physically somehow in the midst of all that turmoil. And I don't think that's what this passage is talking about. Um, I've mentioned before that, uh, that Rick has, has put together some curriculum here uh, on this topic, Twisted Scriptures. And if the book gets published, I hope it does. Uh, but you should pick up a copy when it comes through. This is, uh, this is one of the, the things, one of those passages that he studies through. And I think it's very helpful for us as we think through Romans 8. Uh, because I've changed my opinion about what Romans 8 is talking about over the years. Because I once fell in this camp uh, where people believe, um, and I think a lot of people buy into this idea that uh, God will somehow bless us physically um, no, matter, no matter what happens, all the negative things that, that happen, there will be some sort of a physical blessing in the midst of that. I, I don't think that anymore. Um, let, me, let me walk you through Romans chapter 8, starting in verse verse 1, and just kind of maybe underline these, these blessings that you find in the text. Uh, so start in Romans chapter 8, verse 1, and just call to attention, call to your attention the, uh, the passages that talk about blessings, and whether those blessings are physical or whether they're spiritual in nature. Again, as we've talked through this series, uh, one of the keys to reading the Bible rightly, to dividing it correctly, is context. We can't just grab a passage, grab one verse, and just yank it out of its context and say, oh, this is what he's talking about. What we really need to do is go back and grab the whole context, the book, like what the book, why, why the book was written, and then why he's writing this chapter, and why this particular passage is placed right here. We need, we need to understand those things. And that's the context that we, we need to grab a hold of and pull it over here to the side and say, well, why did he write this, this passage? Why, why is this verse right here? And then, then we can deal with the, with the text correctly. So that's what we're going to try to do tonight. Romans chapter 8, verse 1. He says, There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. So one of the blessings that you have inside of Christ is that there's now no longer any condemnation. No, uh, there's, there's no, um, the accuser, Satan, can't lay a credible 
accusation at your door. The, the, the condemnation, the, um, the judgment is, is gone. The consequence of our sin has been, has been removed. It's been cast away. Psalms and Proverbs would talk about from the, as far as the east is from the west. That's how far he's removed our transgressions from us. And so Paul kind of co-ops that idea and says there's no, there's no more condemnation if you're inside of Christ. So is that physical or spiritual? Obviously that's a spiritual blessing, right? That doesn't have a tangible benefit. It has a spiritual benefit. Uh, and he goes on in, in verse 2 to kind of draw out this concept for you. So he says, For the law of the Spirit of life has set you free in Christ Jesus from the law of sin and death. For God has done what the law, weakened by flesh, could not do. So if the law hadn't been dependent on us, it could have got us across the goal line. It could have accomplished its purposes of purifying us. The only problem with the law was us. We were the ones working through the law. He says, well, it was, so the law was weakened by flesh. and So it couldn't do what it was designed to do. So by sending his own son, in verse 3, in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin, he condemned sin in the flesh in order that the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. And so now he's gotten us into a, a, a he's really entering into a second blessing. So he, he's transformed our minds here. For those of us that are inside of Christ, he's, he's transformed us. We're no longer conformed to the image of the flesh, but now we're transformed by his, his image, right? He's going to come back to this thought in Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2, where he, he talks, he uses that, that, that phrase, don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. That's, that's really one of the things that he's trying to get at here in Romans chapter 8, verse 4 uh, and 5. And so this transformation, is it, is it spiritual or is it physical? Well, obviously, again, it's, it's spiritual. Um, verse 6, he says, For to set the mind on the flesh is death, but to set the mind on the spirit is life and peace. For the mind that is set on the flesh is hostile to God, for it does not submit to God's laws. Indeed, it can't. And those who are in the flesh can't please God. And so he's, he's kind of following this train of thought here um, that we're transformed. He, he's changed our way of thinking. No longer are we so dependent, uh, so focused on getting ours, on accomplishing our own will. Those things are, are gone now. We, we've put them away. And now we focus solely on, on Him, on accomplishing His agenda, on getting done what He wants to get done. And all the things that I wanted to get done, all those things, I nailed to the cross when I died, when I was baptized into Christ. Now I pick up His agenda and run with it. Again, that transformation that's, that's spiritual in nature. It's not a tangible thing that you can reach out and touch. Although it has tangible uh, outcomes, it's not tangible, it's, it's spiritual. So verse 9, he says, You, however, are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit. If, in fact, the Spirit of God dwells in you, anyone who does not have the Spirit of Christ does not belong to him. And so uh, in verse 10, he, he kind of continues this thought, But if Christ is in you, although the body is dead because of sin, the Spirit is life because of righteousness. And if the Spirit of Him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, He who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through His Spirit who dwells in you. So you've come to now the third 
blessing that he's, he's enumerating here in Romans chapter 8, and it's the resurrection. So is, is the resurrection physical or spiritual? Well, here we kind of have an interesting dichotomy because it's, it's both, right? Um, at the end of days, your, your bodies will physically be resurrected. They'll be changed, and so it's not going to be flesh and blood. Um, they'll be like Jesus' body, right? And so we know that thanks to the Apostle John and his letters. But this body's going to be different. It's going to be like Jesus' body after his own resurrection. He could walk through walls, but he could also eat a broiled fish, right? And so it has a physical component, but it's not physical. It's, it's spiritual in nature. So this resurrection he's talking about, the blessing here, is, is physical, but it also has a spiritual component. Paul talks about that in the second letter of Thessalonians, chapter 4. Some of the Thessalonians had been left in the dark a bit about what the resurrection was going to be like. And so he walks them through. Well, here's, here's what the resurrection is going to look like. Um, but this is, this is kind of an outlier here. In verse 11, the resurrection as one of the, as one of the blessings um, seems, seems to be both to me. So he's going to go, in, go on in verse 12. So then, brothers, we are debtors, not to the flesh, to live according to the flesh. We don't, we don't owe the flesh anything. The flesh has never done anything to, for us except to get us in uh, incredible amounts of trouble. It's, it's the only thing it's ever done for us is land us um, in the judgment seat. So we don't owe the flesh anything. But we are debtors. We owe Christ everything, right? Verse 13, for if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the, whole, of the body, you'll live, right? Um, for all who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. For you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you received the spirit of adoption as sons by whom we cry, Abba, Father. And so there's your next blessing, this, this idea of adoption. So he's welcomed us into his family, right? And he talks about this quite a bit throughout Scripture, this idea of him welcoming you into, into his family. And so he's adopted us. And it's this really beautiful image uh, of, uh, of uh, sacrifice and, and love um, desiring us. That, that's that's all, all these ideas are caught up in this idea of adoption. Um, but that idea is, is it physical or is it spiritual? Spiritual, isn't it? You can't tangibly touch this thing. Um, it's, it's spiritual. Uh, verse, verse 17 says, well, back to verse 16, the Spirit Himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. So that's what, that's what the Spirit confirms that for us. Uh, and if children, then heirs, heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ, provided we suffer with Him, in order that we may also be glorified with Him. So the glorification that He's promising there, is that spiritual or physical? Is He going to glorify us here, or is it later? Well, you don't have to look very far uh, in Scripture or in uh, our community, our church community here or in the world, to find out that Christians aren't always glorified physically, right? But we're always glorified spiritually. Um, he's always taking care of His people. And that, that's really what the book of Revelation is about. The people, the Christians, are not being glorified physically. In fact, they're being tormented, persecuted physically. But because of their suffering with Him, because of Him, they are being glorified spiritually. Um, 
Skip down a couple of verses to 26. Romans 8, 26. It says, Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness, for we do not know what to pray for as we ought, but the Spirit Himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. This, this passage uh, is such a comfort for us because how many times have we been in that scenario where you just don't know what to pray for and you just sit there and struggle and cry with God? You've been there, I would imagine. I think a lot of us have been there. Um, and James tells us, and the scriptures tell us, that we are made better for that, that we um, share in intimacy with God, that those who have not had that scenario happen to them don't, don't get to enjoy. Um, it's a terrible place to be, but there's benefits to being in there. But this, this passage... Is it spiritual or physical, this blessing, this idea that, that the Spirit comes alongside of us and He helps us pray. He conveys the things that we can't even convey. He conveys those to the Father. That's, that's obviously spiritual, isn't it? Um, so then you come to verse 28, our, our passage tonight. And he says, and we, know that for all, for the, and we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good. For those who are called according to his purpose. So is he talking about physical stuff there or spiritual stuff? Well, I think he's been talking about spiritual stuff the whole way through, hasn't he? And so when he says all things, he's qualifying that with all things spiritual. Um, there are innumerous spiritual blessings if we're inside of Christ. And, and that's really what he's trying to draw your attention to. Um, is all the blessings that you have inside of Christ. There are going to be things that happen to us physically here that are going to hurt, that are going to um, drag us down. And he says all of that is worth it for the spiritual blessings that are, that are coming. And in fact, uh, Paul even brings that to uh, our attention uh, in, in this chapter. In verse 18, he says, For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory that is to be revealed to us. So this idea that, that, there's, that there's physical um, blessings, physical benefits to being inside of Christ, I don't, I don't, that's not what Paul's talking about here. He's talking about spiritual things. And so when something awful, the unspeakable, happens to us, um, well-meaning people bring out this verse. And they say, well, God has a plan in this. Well, I struggle to see the, the physical blessings that come out of that. But there are numerous spiritual blessings that come out of that kind of pain. Um, obviously, like we talked about just a minute ago, those the intimacy that people who have felt that kind of pain share with the Father is not enjoyed by those of us who have not felt that kind of pain. Um, the faith that those kinds of people have aren't shared by those of us who haven't had to endure that kind of pain. Um, the perseverance, the long-suffering that those kind of people have aren't shared by those of us who haven't had to share their pain. Uh, and so the... Spiritual blessings are numerous, in, innumerable. Um, the, the physical component's not here. Look at verse 29. You don't really have to go any farther than 
in verse 29 to prove this point. Uh, so Acts chapter 8, verse 29, he says, For those whom he formed knew, that's us, right? He's talking about the church. He also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son in order that he might be the firstborn among many brothers. So really what he's trying to get at here is all of these, ble- all these tough times, all these, these things that are hard that come across our path, the goal is to transform us into the image of his son. That's what, that's what we're getting at. He, he wants us to be more like Christ. And every day we die a little bit more to ourselves and we live a little bit more to him. That's, that's what he's driving at in Romans chapter 8, 28 and 29, is that we look, we think, we act more like Christ today than we did yesterday. And we just keep dying to ourselves so that we can live more and more to him. The truth about this passage, I, I think, is much more powerful than the, uh, than the twisted scripture, the way that some folks twist the scripture. I think the truth on it's much more powerful, much more encouraging. Um, we all know people that have struggled uh, physically, and it's, it's just um, makes their struggle harder when you drag out this verse and say, well, God has a purpose there. Well, the purpose there is to turn you more into the image of Jesus. It's to help you conform more closely into his image. And so sacrifice and love and these things are, are caught up in that, in that idea. So all this to say, when we're struggling to figure out a passage, one of the things that we need to do, the very first thing that we need to do is find the context. Go back through and read the passages surrounding it, right before it, right after it, and work through those passages and figure out really what he's trying to say to us. Um, The goal of all the Bible is to conform us into his image. Every day we're dying a little bit more to ourselves and living a little bit more to him. And so this evening, if you're struggling, we want to pray you that you can be everything that God would have you to be. He's called us to be a lot. The life that he's called us to lead can be difficult and can be a hard road. Remember he said that there's a narrow way and there's going to be just a few who find it. But the other option is, is wide and there's going to be an awful lot of people that find it. And so if you're struggling today, we want to pray for you that you can stay on that narrow way that is pleasing to him that leads to heaven. Maybe you've already made that decision and you're, um, you're struggling. And we want to pray that you can be who God would have you to be. If you need to be baptized tonight, we'd love to sit down with you and study with you and think through all the ramifications uh, of that decision, that life-changing decision. If you have any need tonight, why don't you come as we stand and sing.
Good evening, church family. It's so good to be back. Um, this morning I spoke at South Point. Um, it was it was great um, to speak there. They thought some people thought Mandy was my sister. I mean, not my not my sister, my daughter. They thought Mandy was my daughter, and I don't know what that makes Thomas. Um, but that was just weird. So, um, but it was it's good to be back. And uh, but a lot of people did think Mandy was. My daughter, which is, she's all excited about that and giddy and, but um, it is weird, yep. Um, I, for all deacons, today there's no deacons meeting after services, um, so we will not meet uh, after services tonight. Also, as a reminder, Young at Heart is this Tuesday at 1030, uh, and also uh, Tuesday we're having the addiction seminar at 630, so Tuesday's a busy day, hope everybody has a uh, put those dates on their calendars, and hopefully you see it right here Tuesday. Also, this Saturday is the Hometown Love at 9 o'clock at the fairgrounds. Um, also, don't forget about next Sunday will be the family mission trip meeting after services. Uh, it should only be a 10-minute meeting. Um, also, April 24th through the 26th will be the Flatwoods Gospel Meeting. and <clears throat> May 21st is the Senior Reception. Um, our seniors right now are Blake Trevathan, Steeler Lee, Mason Ward, and Lucy Dempsey. Um, Luke, no Luke. No Luke. Um, also, um, updates on our prayer list. We're going to continue to keep Jimmy Wilgus, Terry Leap, Jim Haney, and Amber Spitzer in our prayers as they continue with their cancer treatments. And... Um, Doug Deeds, a uh, longtime uh, elder at uh, South Point, he's having breathing problems at this time. Uh, he's going, uh, he has his first stage of COPD and uh, is having a tough time, so he's asked for prayers as well, so keep him in your prayers. That's all the announcements I have. If you have not had the opportunity to take the Lord's Supper, it has been prepared in the conference room. You may leave and do that now, and we'll sing one more song and be dismissed in prayer. Our final song this evening is number 738. 738, we will glorify. We will glorify the King of Kings. We will
Please pray with me. Dear God, we thank you for this day and everything you've given us, and we're thankful for all being able to come here to learn more about you, and we're thankful for Chris and giving us a lesson today, and help us take something from it and apply it to our lives and use it throughout this week, and just show your light to others, and thank you for Jesus on the cross to forgive us of our sins, and please be with all of us as we go back to school and work, and just help us show your light there, and thank you for all the blessings that we have, in Jesus Christ's name we pray, amen.